Welcome to this Northern Fire podcast. This is part one of the seven-part series, Hearing the Voice of Yeshua. Part one, Faith and Asking. In John 10, 27, Yeshua said this, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. This is the verse that forms the, va- the basis of this seven-part series. In John 8, 31 and 32, Yeshua said this, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The word abiding is key here. Abide, abode, dwell. Yeshua is telling us, conditionally, he used the word if, if we abide in his word, then we are his disciples and we can follow him using his word and hearing his voice. In John 10, Yeshua said this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We see in the life of Yeshua, his words, his actions, his love, his devotion for his sheep. And we see his desire to save and lead his sheep. He is the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd who destroys the works of the devil. He's the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep and rose from the dead. And he is the good shepherd who sent us his Holy Spirit. Once again, John ten twenty seven. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. The point is this. We have a good shepherd. He loves us. He's devoted to us. He desires to save us and lead us. But we cannot follow him if we cannot hear his voice. Several years ago, I went through a period in my life where every January 1st, I would go to church and spend most of the day there fasting and praying. My purpose was this. First of all, to thank Yeshua, my shepherd, for the previous year. To thank him for having guided me, for his goodness, for his resurrection, for his blessings, for the hope he provides. And a secondary purpose was to seek him for the year ahead. And as I sought him for the year ahead, I was seeking for him to speak to me and direct me and to guide me. And never failed on those New Year's days that Yeshua would speak to me in a dream and a vision and a prophecy and a scripture through an inner voice of the Holy Spirit. One of those times when I was fasting and praying on New Year's Day, I heard Yeshua say to me, Daniel, I want you to go to, and he named a certain town, I said, why? He said, there's someone there I want you to meet. I said, who? And Yeshua said, Charles and Francis. And then again, I said, why? And Yeshua said to me, I have a message for each one of them, and I want to give them the message through you. So I agreed. Here's my Savior, my shepherd, telling me to go to a certain town to meet two specific people, Charles and Francis, 
and that when I met them, I would have a word for them. I wasn't expecting to get a prophetic word ahead of time. I was expecting when I met Charles, I'd have a word for Charles, and when I met Francis, I'd have a word for Francis. Well, in that particular town, I, there a friend of mine was a pastor there. He and his family lived in that town, and he was the pastor of a church there. So early January, I emailed him and told him what Yeshua had said to me. And this pastor emailed me back saying, Well, we don't have anyone named Charles or Francis in our congregation. They didn't know anyone by those names, but you can come up any time. And I emailed back that we should wait. Let's wait a little bit, and maybe Charles and Francis would show up. Well, in March, so there was some time of waiting there. In March, I received an email from this pastor, and he was quite excited, and he said, a young woman has moved to our town, and she's begun attending our church. Her name is Francis. No Chuck yet, or Charles. So we decided to wait a little longer. And then in, in May, I decided, well, Francis is in this town at this church, and Yeshua has a word for him, for her. I should go, and maybe Charles will be there when I get there, or maybe we meet Charles a different time. So I made arrangements with this pastor, and I went up on a weekend because he wanted me to preach on Sunday morning. And when I got up, when I got there, I met Francis before the service began. A young young lady, early twenties. Now, when I got up to preach that morning, Francis was sitting in the front front row. She was eager to hear the voice of Yeshua, the word that our Shepherd, our Savior, had for her. When I got up to preach, I explained to the whole congregation why I was there. I pointed out Francis, and I told them what Yeshua had said to me on January 1st about Charles and Francis. When I mentioned Charles and Francis and, and that incident, uh, near the back of the church, there was a commotion and some giggling, and everybody turned around to look what was going on. And I just said, what, what's going on? And a man stood up. He said, my name is Charles. People call me Chuck. And I don't attend this congregation. And he mentioned a different church in that town that he attended. In fact, I, don't, I think I've been in this church building once or twice in my entire life for a wedding or a funeral. And Charles said this. He said, this morning... When I was getting ready for church, getting ready to go to my church, and I was shaving, God told me to come to this church instead. And the voice was so strong, I knew I just had to come here. And now you're up there telling me that you you have a word from God for me. So when when Charles said that, the word rose up inside of me, and I prophesied to him. Now, we put these on tape, and Charles got a tape of this after the service because I don't remember what I, I don't remember the message I gave him that day. I'm a vessel. I'm, I'm sort of like a funnel that Yeshua speaks through me to others, and he doesn't expect me to remember every word that I give to other people. 
Well, as soon as I was finished with the message for Charles, again the Spirit rose up inside of me, and I had a message for Francis. Again, it was put on tape, and Francis was given a copy. Now, after church that Sunday, we had fellowship, and I went back home to where I was living at the time, and I was praying for Charles and Francis and trusting that Yeshua would guide them with the word he had given. Well, six months later, I was back in that church on a Sunday morning, and the pastor had again asked me to come and preach and minister. Well, before church, six months later, before church, Francis met me at the door, and she was very excited. And she said, do you remember what you prayed for me when you were here before? And I really didn't remember. And she said, you said this, there's a relation, Francis, there's a relationship in your life that's broken and torn. And Yeshua says, I'm bringing reconciliation. Now there was more to that message than that, but that's what she pointed out to me that day. Francis, there's a relationship in your life that's broken and torn and I'm bringing reconciliation. And then Francis told me what happened. She said, when you were here before, and you had that message for me, and you prayed that for me, six, month, six weeks later, I got a phone call. Now she told me about a relationship that was broken and torn. She said, my father, when I was 16 years old, now here's a woman in her early 20s, my father, when I was 16 years old, I came home from high school one day and my father said to me, Francis, you're not my daughter anymore. You have to get out now. And he was adamant. She had to get out right then. He gave her an hour to pack a few bags and leave. Well, at 16, Francis called a friend and actually moved in with that friend and finished high school, had gone on to college and was making a life for herself. But in all those years, from 16 to early 20s, she'd not had any contact with her father. And here Francis says to me, six weeks after you had that word for me, I got a phone call from my father, and I don't know how he got my phone number. And this is what he said. He said, Francis, I've made a terrible mistake. I'm terribly sorry. What I said to you and what I've done to you is wrong. I'm asking you to forgive me, and I'm asking you to come home. I'm going to send you some money, and that as soon as you can get time off work, I'm asking you to come and see me. I want to be reconciled. And Francis said, the very word, reconciliation, that you used when you prayed for me, my, my dad, my father, used over the phone. And so Francis, she's telling me that she said, he sent me some money, I went down to visit, and we've been reconciled. I tell you this testimony because it demonstrates two elements of hearing the voice of Yeshua, which I want to talk to you about today. Faith and asking. First of all, faith. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 11.6, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Therefore, without faith, it is impossible to hear the voice of Yeshua. In fact, we see this uh, twice 
in the life of Yeshua as he walked the earth. Yeshua was born and raised in a small town named Nazareth. And when Yeshua began his public ministry, he moved. He moved from Nazareth to a town in Galilee called Capernaum. However, there was one time when Yeshua went back home, back home to Nazareth. And the Bible tells us that Yeshua could not do many mighty miracles in Nazareth because of their unbelief. Another time in the life of Yeshua, Yeshua took Peter, James, and John, three of his twelve disciples, up on a high mountain to pray. So three disciples went with Yeshua to pray on this mountain. The other nine stayed in the valley. And there was a man who had a son who was severely demon-possessed, and that man brought his son to the nine disciples in the valley, but they could not cast out that demon. Now these nine disciples, with the other three, had been sent out by Yeshua earlier. They'd been sent out to preach the gospel, and they had healed the sick and cast out demons. In fact, they had raised the dead. But this particular demon they could not cast out. Well, when Yeshua was finished on the mountain, he came down into this valley to meet up with his nine disciples that were there. And the father came running to Yeshua. Yeshua cast the demon out of his son and made him whole again. When the nine disciples saw this, they came to Yeshua and they asked him, Master, why? Why were we not able to cast out that demon? And Yeshua said this very clearly, because of your unbelief. Unbelief is a factor in receiving from our Father, Jehovah Elohim. Unbelief is a factor in hearing the voice of Yeshua. To hear the voice of Yeshua requires faith. It requires a giving and a receiving of faith. In 2 Corinthians 4.13, Paul wrote this, We have all received the same spirit of faith by which we believe and speak. We've all received the same spirit of faith. Faith requires a giving, a giving from heaven, which we know that our Abba Father, the living God, is willing to give us. And it requires a receiving. So without faith, it is impossible to please God, and faith is a gift. When I was 14 years old is when I received the gift of faith. I was raised by my mother and father in a Lutheran church, and part of uh, being raised in a Lutheran church is something called confirmation. When I was 13 and 14 years old, 7th and 8th grade, I attended confirmation class. Now what this is, is in an intensive time of study where we young people would meet with the pastor once a week and also on Sunday morning with one of the elders. And we were instructed in the basics of the Bible, the basics of the Christian faith, the basics of the church. 
at the end of that two years, uh, we would we went before the elders and the pastor and our parents, and we answered questions, many, many questions. And actually, this is a, a good thing that the Lutheran Church does. Um, they're bringing their young people into membership in the church. So at the end of those two years, um, we went through this time of um, questioning, examination, and the, our parents, the elders, and the pastor were then responsible to confirm us and to say, yes, we have faith. Yes, we're ready to be members of the church. Yes, we're, re we're ready to receive the Lord's Supper. So part of this instruction, we had a workbook, and I had a Bible, and every week we had to go through a section of our workbook. We'd read a section of Scripture, and we'd answer questions. We'd have some essays, and we'd prepare for our next class with the pastor. And I remember I was in my room by myself, uh, reading Ephesians 2 and answering questions about it, work, doing work in the workbook. I was reading Ephesians 2, and I got to this part in Ephesians 2, and I just want to read it to you. But God, Elohim, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins. When I read those words, when we were dead in trespasses and sins, something entered my room. I didn't know it at the time, but I know now that it was the Holy Spirit. You see, our church, our pastor, our elders, our parents were praying for us. They were praying for us to come to faith. They were praying for us to go deeper into the Christian faith. And because of their prayers, I was reading this. The Holy Spirit came into my room and convicted me. Suddenly, with those words, when you were dead and trespasses and sins, suddenly I knew that I was a sinner. Suddenly I knew that my sins led to death and that spiritually I was dead. Now that revelation came to me from the Holy Spirit. And I don't remember, it seemed like a long time. There was a dread that came upon me. There was a guilt, there was a shame, there, there was conviction that came upon me and it didn't feel good. And I don't, it seemed like a long time that I sat under that conviction. It may not have been very long, maybe three or four minutes. But I had, I had thoughts of my sins and oh no, and it was a dreadful time. Then suddenly, as I was under that conviction, this voice said to me, keep reading. Of course, that was the Holy Spirit. So I looked back at my Bible and I kept reading. Even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, God has made us alive together with Messiah. By grace, you have been saved. By grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Messiah Yeshua for good works, which Elohim prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's when faith entered me. The guilt went away, the shame went away, the dread went away. I realized I was dead in my sins, but through Messiah, I was made alive. The Holy Spirit 
at that moment imparted and planted faith in me. And I knew that I had a substitute. I knew that I had a Savior in Yeshua. Now in John 4.10, Yeshua said this to a woman he met in Samaria. If you knew the gift of Elohim and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Now I've ministered in many prisons and ministered one-on-one and ministered with groups. I've met a lot of men who were rebellious, who lived lives of evil. They've been hard men. And they're interested. They're interested in Yeshua. They're interested in a new way of life. And I talk to them about receiving the gift of faith, and I pray with them to receive the gift of faith. And many of these men that I've met in prison have already turned their life over to Yeshua, already been born again. They're already walking and growing in their faith. And when I talk to these men, every single one of them knows that when they came to faith in Yeshua, somebody was praying for them. This life of intercession that we have to pray for others, to be given and to receive the gift of faith is so important. Now, without faith it is impossible to please God and without and faith is a gift that's given from heaven and received. Faith needs constant attention. Faith needs constant attention. Yeshua said this about faith. In that same incident where he came down the mountain and he told his disciples that they could not cast out that demon because of their unbelief, Yeshua said this, I tell you the truth, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you. What he's saying there is faith starts small and grows. And later Yeshua told another parable about the mustard seed, that a mustard seed grows into a tree, becomes a tree, that bears fruit and birds nest in its branches. So faith starts small and it grows. And it it has the potential to keep growing our entire life. But if you think about a seed planted in the ground, it needs constant attention. A seed needs water. A seed needs food. A seed, when it becomes a plant, needs sunlight. It needs to be weeded. It needs protection. The same is true of our faith. When Yeshua gives us faith, he expects us to feed it, water it, protect it, watch over it, and make sure it gets the attention that's required for it to grow. In Jude 20, it is written, Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. In Romans 10.17 it says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So in Jude 20, there's another parable. Your faith is like a building. It says, Building yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. If you think about a building, a building starts with one cement block. A building starts with a foundation, and then blocks, and then lumber, 
So a building, too, starts small with one piece of material, and it needs attention to grow and be built into something that's effective and useful. And what Romans 10 is telling us, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The attention we give to our faith requires that we pray, and we pray in the Spirit, that we're in the Word, that we're abiding in the Scriptures, that we're hearing our shepherd's voice and doing what he tells us. Our faith needs constant attention, and that's our responsibility. However, Yeshua doesn't leave us alone to tend to our faith. He gives us the Holy Spirit. A number of years ago, my friend Ken was traveling to a church where he was going to speak to the congregation during the Bible study time on Sunday morning. And Ken just asked me if I wanted to go along, and I said yes. Now, I, w I was not going. I was not going to minister that day. I was not going to preach. I was just going to support Ken. However, I did ask Yeshua before we went. I said, now, Yeshua, I'm going to be at this church on Sunday morning. If there's one person you want me to talk to, I'm, I'm willing to do that. And immediately the voice in my spirit said to me, John, you're going to meet John. So I said, okay. Well, Ken and I went to this town on Saturday, and we got a motel room. And we went over to the church on Saturday night just to walk around and pray and, and prepare, prepare ourselves and, and pray for the congregation for the next morning. And as I was walking and praying around that church, the Spirit again said to me, Now tomorrow you're going to meet John, and you're going to have a message for him. Well, Sunday morning we got up, we got to the church early. We're talking to some people before Bible study. Bible study was before the church service. And then we went and sat down, and Ken gave his message during the Bible study time. And then between Bible study and church service, we were talking to some people. And I remember um, talking to this one lady that morning. And if you can picture it in your mind, I was standing in the back of the sanctuary in the middle aisle, facing the altar, facing the front, talking to this lady. She was a member there. And we were talking, facing the front of the church. And I just asked her, let me ask you, is there someone in this church named John? I'm supposed to meet a John here this morning. She said, well, there is a man named John. He comes. He doesn't come all the time. He comes once in a while. And when he does come, he sits right over there. And she pointed to the side aisle, the right-hand side aisle, about halfway up. And she said, John doesn't come all the time, but when he does come, he sits right over there, about halfway up on the side aisle. So I thanked her, and then it was time for the, the worship service. So Ken and I sat down on the left side, about halfway up, and there was nobody on the right side, halfway up on the aisle, and the, the service began, and I think we were singing the first song. And I noticed uh, there was a man. He came in the side door, came up the side aisle, and he sat down right where that lady had pointed. And I'm thinking, that's John. Well, the church, the worship service went on, and uh, we had prayers and the songs, and the pastor preached. And the pastor was wrapping up the service, and this thought came into my mind. That man snuck in. 
he's going to sneak out. I better get over there. So I went down the left side aisle and around the back uh, in the entryway, and I stood at that door where that man had to come out. And sure enough, before the last hymn was over, he, he got up and he was, he was leaving. He was sneaking out. Well, I met him before he got away. And I said, excuse me, is your name John? He looked surprised and he said, yes, it is. My name's John. And so then I told him what had happened and that Yeshua had spoken to me. I was going to meet John. I told him, I, I'm from a different town. I don't attend this church. This is the first time I've ever been to this church. But I believe that Yeshua has a message for you. Well, he told me some things about his life and, and that he had actually heard the voice of Yeshua in his younger days. This is a man that was retired. And we talked for a little bit. And as we talked, I realized that uh, something was not right in his relationship with, with, with Yeshua. He was a man of faith, yet uh, something was not quite right in his re relationship with Yeshua. And that's when the Spirit rose up in me. And I gave him this message very, very simply. I said, John, God's not finished with you yet. God has something for you to do. He's going to tell you what it is, and he's going to confirm it with your wife. And when I said that to him, tears began to form in his eyes. And he said that that would be wonderful. And then he looked at me, and he said, You know, I've never been to this church before. That was not the John that that woman was telling me about who always sat in that pew halfway up on the side aisle. This was a different John who sat in that same spot that day. Friends, this was a divine appointment. Our loving Savior, Yeshua, had a message for John, and he was not in a place anymore in his faith where he could receive that directly. So Yeshua sent me to speak to John, and really what that I never met him again, but I'm trusting what that encounter did. It, was, it reactivated his faith. It reactivated the voice of Yeshua in his life. Now, I tell you that testimony to tell you this. Our faith needs constant attention. Our faith, just as it grows, our faith can diminish. And we can go through a period of time where we're not hearing the voice of Yeshua. So it is my exhortation to you to tend to your faith, be in the Word, be in prayer, pray in the Spirit, be asking for Yeshua to speak to you. Now, that, that's the last thing I want to talk to you about today, faith and asking. In Luke eleven eleven, Yeshua told this parable, Which of your fathers, if your son asks you for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Brothers and sisters, I'm encouraging you to ask. Ask for faith. Ask for revelation. Ask for the Spirit. Read the Scriptures. Ask for the things that you read that you know that you don't have. In Acts 2, uh, our Father promises that in the last days He would pour out His Spirit on all flesh, that men and women, young and old, 
masters and servants would receive the Holy Spirit with dreams, visions, prophecies, signs, and wonders. And I'm also exhorting you to pray for others. We have an important part to play in heaven giving faith to those around us. Ask Yeshua to give his faith to those who don't have it. Pray for people by name. Pray for them often. Keep on praying and keep on asking. In Matthew 7, our Savior Yeshua said this, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Now if you're hearing this and you don't know if you have faith or not, turn to Yeshua. Say, Yeshua Messiah, please give me this faith. Father God, give me this faith. I want to know you and I want to hear the voice of Yeshua. If you do have faith and you know that your sins are forgiven, you know that you've been saved, but you've never heard his voice, you've never had a dream, you've never had a vision, ask and keep on asking. Remember those words of Yeshua in Luke 11, 11, How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, just a reminder, I mentioned this scripture earlier. In John 8, 31 and 32, it is written, Yeshua said this to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Yeshua was talking to believers, and he made a statement that started with if. This is a conditional statement. He's expecting us to move beyond being believers to being disciples. And the key factor in that is abiding in his word. Now the promise of freedom is not to those who remain believers. Believers are saved. Believers are forgiven. Believers are going to heaven. However, the promise of freedom in this life is to those who make a decision of their own, who determine in their heart and their spirit that they will abide in the word of Yeshua. It's the scriptures, the written word, and it's his voice that he speaks to us in the inner man. Now receive this blessing. Jehovah bless you and keep you. Jehovah make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Jehovah lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom. Shalom, my friends.